listening to Carpool Theology. Join Alex, Shauna, and Grace, that's me, as we hit the road to discover who we are in light of who God is. Along the way, we'll be joined by friends, authors, and community leaders to discuss the intersection of faith and action and have a ton of fun while doing it. So grab a coffee, jump in the car with us, and let's roll. What's up? What's up? What's up? Good morning. Good Still afternoon. Morning. Good morning. Still morning. Ten forty-five. It's a beautiful uh, day here in old Fresno. Mm-hmm. Sean calls these. Um, my husband calls them Chamber of Commerce days. It's Why? Like, <laughs> this is the day you need to do a photo shoot to bring people to your city when it's like Aww. the weather is beautiful oh, and sunny and. Oh. I actually love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, welcome to Carpool Theology. I'm Grace. I'm Alex. And I'm Shauna. Uh, we have a fun episode today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. A super fun one with our with our. I mean, they're all fun. That's true, right? I agree. But this is this is special. It is special. Mm-hmm. You're special, mm-hmm. Jordan. Yeah, we're excited oh. to have Jordan in the car with us yeah. today. A lot to talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you intimidated? How do you feel right now? Uh, I didn't know when I'd be released. <laughs> oh. Release oh, yes. the kraken. Release the kraken. The, the kraken. I, I meant to say. <laughs> I meant to say kraken, but kraken came. She's out. had a little kraken. I was morning. really, I was really hoping that you thought it was actually called a kraken. Oh no, <laughs> that was that was my hope. Dude, what if? <laughs> what if? What if? And this whole yeah. time you're like, yeah. When parts of the Caribbean came out, I thought it was a kraken. Release the kraken. <laughs> <laughs> I love those movies so much, you guys. That was it's because John- you had a thing for Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Wow. Obviously. It's a little too grunge for me. Oh. Well, he's only gotten worse mm. as time has gone on. <laughs> he has not aged like a fine wine. But that under that under eye mascara, though. Mm. He's really oh stuck gosh. to that weird beard, though. He yeah, really has. Yeah. The character, he has not gotten out of character for a long <laughs> time. True. He drank too much rum in I would like to just, like, take his jewelry and just weigh it on a scale mm. and his boots and then weigh him on a scale and see which one comes out more. I feel like Edward Scissorhands just really marked him. Yeah. Like, yeah. it just made him a metal person. And mm. he just can't get it off of it. Yeah. Yes, you know, have his medals with Perhaps. him. Perhaps. All yeah. the time. Yeah. His heavy yeah. medals. Perhaps. Him and, him and Tim Burton's relationship, I just feel like he, like he never just stopped being a character. Like, mm. now Johnny Depp is just a character of himself. Yeah. Um, you guys want to know a fun fact? Is that I used to, when I lived close to L.A., we'd go, like, on celebrity house tours because I'm a freak. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my mother-in-law loves. Absolutely. Like, you go look inside their houses. No, but we go drive by them. And stuff. Oh. Yeah. Oh, like this, the star tours and stuff. Yes. One hundred percent. Did you ever see any? My mother-in-law yeah. just went on one yes. like a month ago. Oh, Shout out to Cheryl. They're so much fun. They're I've so much never fun. done that. I also did one on my bachelorette party because I just wow. love them. Anyways, wow. different people. Different people, different time, different place. I would be so mad at myself if I did that. Same. Why? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm with you, Jordan. I'm on, Jordan. I'm on Jordan's boat right now. Yeah. Okay. No, I do it. Like, look at I these zoo it. people. I know. <laughs> wow. A real one. In real life. <laughs> yeah. I literally could not. He's just watering. He's like, get away from me. Literally. I just can't. Lines. It's so weird. The camera captured me. Now that I've gotten roasted two episodes in a row. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just live your life. You are so uniquely okay, so you. You were on a, were you telling us a story about that? The or that's the end of the story? My story Carpool, was... Carpool Carrick is not registered, huh? Uh, no, we're going to the DMV. <laughs> we're passing the DMV. Uh, listen, I was telling the story because I did see Johnny Depp's house. And does it look like a pirate's lair 
like with a little own like lagoon. It does. No. Okay. Yes. He he is he is Jack Sparrow. He hasn't the character has oh not left gosh. him. I love yeah. that. I have less respect. That's fine. He can live. That's fine. That's fine. Thank you, Jordan. I got authority wish. in the car. <laughs> I appreciate that you've given him the right to just live his life. Yeah, he could do that. I like it. Yeah. Now that we've had a pretty in-depth conversation about John yeah. Depp, yeah. we're going to take a sharp left turn here, mm, and um, I'm going to intro our guest. He's already made himself quite comfy in the car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today in the car, we have our good friend Jordan. Um, his wife is one of our really good friends, us three. We She's our actual Shout friend. out to it's Jamie. A, it's we a love true Jordan. better half situation. True better half situation. Um, but... What do the pastors always say? Like, I'm smoking hot water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Woo! Yes. Delete, delete. Yeah. But Jordan, anyways, she's beautiful. <laughs> she is. All that to say. Inside and out. Yes. Absolutely amazing. Um, Jordan is so husband, father, friend to us, um, and also a pastor. And so, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and... Jordan was on the trip that Shauna and I went on to Mississippi. Um, so, yeah, welcome. Welcome, welcome to the car. To the Thank you, guys. Thank you. When do I sing? When do we sing? So, Jordan, tell us about your, tell us how long you've been married. Tell you about your kiddos. Tell us about where you're this at in life bio. Right now. Yeah. Uh, man, I've been married for 11 years, uh, and we're in our 12th year. I just figured out recently that you can say that. Oh. When you're in the year before you have the anniversary, so that's mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Uh, oh. I have two kids, oh. a four-year-old boy who is um, just all boy, all energy, it, very intense, <laughs> <laughs> and the best in uh, every hard and good way. And then uh, we have a little 14-month-old girl named Jubilee. Mm. Oh, and the boy's name is Rowan, which is great. So, and then. Uh, <laughs> In the Jubilee, and she's just pure joy. So she really is. She is a bundle and chunk, and she doesn't want to walk yet. <laughs> that's fine with us. <laughs> and yeah, we're having a lot of fun. We've, I'd say, this has been a really sweet season for us in that um, we love where we live, um, and our neighborhood's like a little Mayberry, and all the kids get sick together and play together and mm. have fun. And Jubilee got like a stomach sickness and. <laughs> Than everyone in the neighborhood did, <laughs> but you know all, the price of community. So, yeah, sharing um, is caring. Yeah, maybe that's what Sunny got. Sunny also wasn't feeling well. Really? Yeah. From Do you, well, baby's barfing is so weird. Yeah, you they'll just know. like look at you and just be like ah, and then just like all cut. You're like, are you are you dying? Yeah. Or did you just? And then like, right after they're like, what like happened? You? Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. You never know what's going on. Like they're almost oh. mad at you. Like why'd you do that to me? <laughs> Poor baby. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Jordan, we are in our peacemaking series. Um, Shauna and I got to share a little bit in um, our episode about our trip, and tried to get tried to give a thousand foot view as best as we could. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit about like your experience on that trip. Uh, and maybe your your biggest takeaway. Yeah, maybe start with like why you wanted to go and what your biggest takeaway was. Yeah. I like that. I, uh, so I had some friends who had gone the previous time we went. Have you guys talked about the trip before? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. People know. You know, avid listeners of Carpool here <laughs> would know that this is, a, it was a pilgrimage, if you'd say. Um, 
to understand sort of the church's involvement in the civil rights movement. And for me, I had a lot of experience with the racial reconciliation conversation um, in my early 20s. And I just circumstantially have gone away from a lot of those conversations. I think the passion still is inside, but it hadn't really been soaked as far as a flame. And I saw it as an opportunity to re-engage some of those things for me that felt like they hadn't been fed in a while. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, as a pastor, it was free, which is nice. Um, and it's a good incentive. Uh, but I also just knew that we didn't have much more time with John Perkins mm -hmm. on uh, this side of heaven. So I wanted to take the opportunity to spend some time with him, uh, whatever that looked like when we got there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And then uh, what, you said big takeaways or what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot. I think um, biggest thing for me was... Um, I think the the surprise that I had sort of forgotten about a lot of the like nonviolent resistance, yeah, and the mm -hmm. price that those uh, that those people paid for their freedom, and the methodology being so unique, um, but coming straight from the teachings of Jesus, and what that cost them continually and what they're willing to do with their lives in order for the people around them to gain rights and freedom. Mm. Um, I think the centrality of the church in that effort being um, a, a communal presence, but then uh, using their influence for the greater good of the people around them and that being like a common understanding, um, you know, I'm am used to the church being a very apolitical thing mm. and in in this environment it just was like impossible for that mm. to happen mm -hmm. uh, because then like yeah they felt like they weren't being true to their desire to to make peace in that environment mm -hmm. so um yeah and then I think honestly it's changed a lot of my views of how I read and interpret scripture um, I saw a group of people who read it collectively and said, um, you know, from my tradition, a lot of times we read scripture and we say, what does this mean for me? And then what do I do with that? And the answer to what I do with that will then dictate what my role is in the world. Hmm. Um, these traditions, uh, in primarily in the black church, or I don't know if it's like ubiquitous with a lot of the um, people of color or oppressed communities, but they started with what does this mean for us as a community and as a people? <clears throat> and then what is my role in that meeting? Right. Mm. And so it, it, it seems subtle, but it really changes your responsibility to the world around you and your belief that we're all interconnected in the ways that we seek the kingdom. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, those are, probably big three yeah me. that really stuck out to me too and yeah i just want to touch on it like the like how we read the bible um is different um and 
that communal aspect, that lens that we look at things through. And um, how often, especially in the Old Testament, I can read it and think that, um, like, I try to pick out, like, what, what's for me. Um, like, it's, like, if I think of, like, Isaiah or Jeremiah or, like, the prophets and, like, find, like, oh, what's the message for just, like, the individual in this? When he's talking to a collective group of people, often yeah. those prophets are not talking to individuals most of the time. They're talking to people groups, um, typically the Israelites. And um, we don't we don't think that way. And yet we've been told in the New Testament, in Romans, that we have been grafted into a people group. Um, now we're all part of a big people group. Um, and even Paul in the New Testament, he's not talking typically to individuals. He's talking to churches, a yeah. group of people. Um, and yet the way in which I frame it in my mind is, well, I can just pick things out that are just for me. Um, when in reality, he's, yeah. he's calling us all, Paul or whoever the writer is, is calling us all into a collective, yeah. a collective transformation. Yeah, we, I think we, we bring a, whatever we have to the Bible. Um, so it's difficult mm-hmm. not to read it that way coming from an individualistic worldview, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was great. I mean, I think we all agreed, too, where it just, I think, you know, being native Californians, we're like, this is a million years ago. Mm, and then mm-hmm. you, I think everyone on the trip was like, this is not that long ago. Right, right. And, mm-hmm. like, people were killing other people for the color of their skin in broad daylight and celebrating it, like, yeah not that long ago yeah mm-hmm. and then you know the the other sort of systemic racially motivated laws and things that were mapped out for us mm-hmm. that have like uh you know just different states uh and their like marriage rights of mm-hmm. bi- uh, interracial couples and things not dissolving until like even the 2000s yeah, yeah. So I think it was alabama that was like 2011 or something it's like insane yeah Everybody these days has a podcast, even your girls. Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, even if you're driving around in a car, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best to get them talking. We have one right now. You can go fill out a poll when you go on Spotify for Carpool Theology. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. We've been using Spotify podcasters from the beginning over here at Carpool Theology, and we highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Yeah. So, Jordan, you talk about how, like, it helps you, like, with how you inter- how you read and interpret scripture and how you, uh, like, you talked about your neighborhood a lot. And we know you to be, like, um, like a peacekeeper. Like, that's kind of, like, the, the, the theme of the pod, right, like, of this series. So talk a little bit about, like, 
peacemaking, peace faking, peace breaking, kind mm. of break that down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, in the spirit of humility, if you want to <laughs> like maybe give some examples on how you've been. Um, Cause I know I have, have and am continue to be all three of those things, um, whether mm. conscious or unconscious. Can you like just talk a little bit about that and how you have seen or experienced that as a pastor, as a community member? Yeah, so I am very naturally conflict avoidant. Um, I think, you know, I get that feeling of like, you know, fight or flight. I'm like, fight, (laughs) wait, no, flight. (laughs) Like I kind of get a sense of adrenaline where I'm like, this is it. And then I want to like run away. And so uh, I, I think, I, I I think that's just kind of how I'm wired. Um, I don't know if I can point to like environment or anything that has helped shape me that way. But uh, I, I spent a lot of my life sort of trying to be the chameleon that pleased everyone. Um, Hmm. And I would say even my ministry life, I was, trying to do often like what I would call utilitarian ministry where I'm like, how do I do the most good mm-hmm. and rub the least amount of people the wrong way? And, you know, mm-hmm. like I was, I would preach even from the standpoint of being like, my first question isn't like, and this is, yeah, I mean, humbling for me to admit, but like my first question wasn't always, do you clearly understand what God's purpose is in writing this message? And it was, do you like me? Hmm. And uh, are you like, are you going to listen to me because you like me? And um, I would say on a good day, it was like, try and win them so that they'll listen to the message. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but on a bad day, it was like, I'm just like afraid of people yeah. <laughs> and what they think about me. And conflict had a lot to do with that too, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a scary thing. And so, like, you know, I went through, like, a recovery process at my church and um, and (laughs) uh, for just many different reasons. And one of them was fear of man. And uh, I, like, (laughs) we went through the amends thing. And I was like, I actually have surprisingly few amends because I've always desperately wanted, like, I've almost been good at peacemaking because I'm so afraid of people being, like, mad at me. Hmm. And uh, so, but I didn't do the peacemaking in a way that was, like, very healthy. And so um, I would say often it was peace faking. I don't, like, argue with people. I don't get in fights. I get, you know, I'm... I have, I'm married, so I have arguments, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's basically her and my four-year-old. <laughs> um, but like, I would say it's been since probably, uh, the pandemic that this has changed for me. Um, because I was without my own control forced into a leadership position in my community where every single decision I made made somebody really pissed at me mm-hmm. like because i mean if if you were had your ears or eyes at least a little bit open you knew that like everyone and their mom had a different opinion on everything right and so especially the moms <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> even my mom you know yes all the moms so like 
it's okay. I make a decision and I get 15 praises and 15 slaps, you know? Yeah. And I simply had to wrestle with the idea that like, look, oh, I'm gonna- Sorry. Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> I, Coming in hot. Sorry. It's just the price we pay for the carpool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which know? is this couple's a rockin'. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll take it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, and so with the <laughs> pandemic, I just had to say, look, for the first time, God, I am I am going to own the fact that you have made me a leader. You have put me in the place I'm in for a reason. And yes, there could be a, a million other people who do my job, but you've put me here mm -hmm. and you've given me convictions, desires, and vision. And I'm going to use the things that you've given me to make those decisions, no matter the cost. And, um, and I'm going to do my best to wait, do that. So mm. naturally every decision I made, I had to have all these conversations from a really hard standpoint. Right. And people whose motivations were either political or mm. I didn't even know where they're coming from, you know, like, you guys remember it was so messy. Yeah. Yeah. And like I I I felt like it was a literal like forge or like mm -hmm. you know, I stepped into this fire and I came out the other side somebody who was like deeply committed to no longer peace faking. Yeah. <laughs> and to like actually owning my views of things. Mm. And um you know I don't know if that answers your question. Mm. But it like, does. And no, even like um, it, it brings to light another question is like the aftermath. Because I, I work in recovery and like oftentimes, I'm not saying that this is yours, but I'd love to know um, if it resonates with you. Many times peace fakers or those like peacekeepers are just to keep everybody happy. Everybody's my friend. Everybody's fine. We're all fine. It's fine. Um, oftentimes results in a lot of resentments. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like envy, right? Cause they're like, Oh, everybody else's voice gets heard, but mine doesn't or whatever that is. That's kind of what it was for me. But, um, so there's this aftermath where like everything looks great on the surface. And then one day you have a giant sinkhole where there should be like a beautiful, like, like grassy lawn, you know, and like health. But instead, because there's been this sort of erosion underneath the surface, um, yeah, so I think especially in, like, a church context, it can kind of go in, like, a few different ways of, like, you're either a peace breaker and there's, like, dissension and you're blowing stuff up, or the extreme of peace faker and there's just distance. Mm -hmm. So did yeah. you did you see that? Did you Do you see that currently? Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to tell. I mean, I struggled deeply with like unsurface bitterness mm. and I think a lot of that was my own peace faking so mm. I you know like the weird thing about bitterness is it is like a sense of power yeah you feel like you hold the reins of justice in that you've been wronged mm. and these people like deserve your sort of bitterness right mm. um and I think it in wrestling with like that I had to figure out how the cross what actually the cross means for my own peacemaking right mm -hmm. um and I think this is probably going to be a 
theme. I don't know if I'm going to properly answer your question, but I'm just going to go where it's going to take me. So yeah. beautiful, but love it. That's what we I, like. I think the the so you have like I've been studying Ephesians a lot, and um, you have Paul who his right his whole thing is like in Christ you are a new people, right? He Christ the elect the elect people in him Israel. The Gentiles, everyone's under his banner. and uh, But what were you before? You were a slave to the powers and principalities. Mm-hmm. and um, But you've been bought with a price. Mm-hmm. So, but what was the means of war through which we were bought? What? How did, how did Christ, uh, you know, how did the most powerful being in existence buy us back? Self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, um, like the most counterintuitive human thing we can think of, which is the cross. Mm-hmm. And like God did that for us. And so how does my own sense of justice match up with his self-sacrifice on the yeah. cross? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's incompatible. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's good. Wow. Yes. And so I, I had to start to view my relationships as not now this is a fine line and I'm still trying to figure this out mm. but mm, that's good. how do you can um how do you maintain self-worth and dignity while letting the cross and self-sacrifice and the forgetfulness of yourself be the main driving factor for for which you approach everyone yeah um your enemies your loved ones and everybody in between yeah and um that feels like the biggest journey I'm on now, mm-hmm. which says, um, like, and I don't, I haven't done it super well recently. <laughs> I think, um, like, there's been actually, like, I said, uh, I don't fight with anybody. Um, that's probably wrong. Um, <laughs> because I had an argument recently with one of my best friends, and I was so embarrassed about why that happened. And um, I think when I pulled it apart, it was because I wasn't willing to give him the same grace mm-hmm. that I expected him to give me. Mm-hmm. And um, my standard was for him to approach me with the cross, and I wasn't willing to do it to him. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even when things break down, I feel like the that desire is still there and should be there. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think... I think that's the, like, wrestle for me with peacemaking is, like, how do I let, um, I mean, a lot of people talk about, like, truth and grace, you know, or, like, yeah, or, uh, like, when do you, (laughs) when do you approach with, uh, the hammer, (laughs) or, like, when do you give, uh, the roses and... Mm. Yeah, the, the when back you start massage. flipping tables. <laughs> yeah. 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 But um, mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh, if you start with the cross, I think everything that like proceeds from that will help give um, a healthy framework for how you do that. Yeah. 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 Because I mean. Uh, we we, talk, we were talking about, as we were prepping for this episode, we were talking about um, 
just how beautifully you handle a lot of like conversation that could, um, you know, distract from that peacemaking goal. Um, and we, with believers and you hold like other believers accountable to things and in the name of peacemaking or whatnot. Um, but how, how I've recently studied this term peacemaking was, um, bringing, um, God's kingdom, the, the gospel to people, um, and bringing them peace. And so <clears throat> this is how really, I feel like it was, um, someone who just taught on it that I, and I really like grabbed onto it, but in, and they were, I think it was through Sermon on the Mount, um, referencing like, that was how Jesus was, uh, talking of it was mm. to non-believers of like, and believers. Well, I think they're both in the crowd. Right. Um, but <clears throat> just this concept of that actual peacemaking is, um, bringing the gospel, bringing the truth of who Jesus is to situations and to, and to people. And so I love that you really are saying that, like, how are we approaching the cross or uh, applying the cross to these situations? Um, and I think at the core, that's what peacemaking, that's what I think Jesus was communicating peacemaking is, um, in his time. Hmm. And so that's really, that's, you know. That's... Well, even the thing that got Jesus killed is self-preservation. Like, I think, like, these, you know, religious leaders or Roman rulers or whoever, hmm. like, they, he's, he's overturning the tables, right? He's, he's changing their... Flipping the narrative. You know, um, their way of engaging with their traditions and cultures mm -hmm. and, you know, being a very Jewish messiah... He was like, you heard it said this, now I say this. Right. Mm -hmm. And that really made people mad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, I think power structures, but then financial and economic structures, like yes. he was like really giving them the business. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, but at the same time, the underlying tension is there, like there were already two sides already at war. Yeah. Like the Roman empire is in on holy land you have mm -hmm. Jewish and reli like religious leaders that are already like mm -hmm. trying to fight up against that. Yeah. And then, and then it's not like Jesus offered a second way. He offered a third. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like he came in the middle of that. So sorry. Just wanted to like add yeah. that. Well, we, and I think, um, most conflict comes about, and I appreciate you guys saying you think I do it well. I think it's, it's very like, it feels like it, impossible sometimes yes. <laughs> but um yeah. you're not alone in that <laughs> most yeah. most conflict comes out of self-preservation yeah a feeling of like are you um are you challenging my way of life my yes. worldview my desire for obtaining this thing um mm. and mm. i think the third way of jesus like you said would be to um would be to like meet that person where they're at and i think that's the thing that probably has helped me the most in you know because being a pastor like most of my conflict comes with christians yes um because they don't like a decision i made or they don't like something i said or you know fill in the gap but uh i would i have to first tell myself like you know they they are me Mm. And I like I'm we're in the same boat here. Yeah. And we're we're seeing things differently. Um, but this is my brother and my sister. 
Right. And um, that changes the, the conversation. Mm. And I have to ask myself, like, what is the value that is being challenged that they're upset about? Mm. Like, what is the thing they're trying to preserve mm-hmm. or, you know, to, to keep or hold on to or... Mm. It's a good question. And um, because if you if we can talk about the the value, if we can get side by side towards this thing, um, then it doesn't become about like you, you, you. Yeah. You know, like the guns aren't pointed at me and them. Mm. It's been like, okay, what are we actually talking about here, mm-hmm. right? And I and mm-hmm. I think a lot of things cloud that, you know, emotion. Yeah clouds that big time yeah um well i was just gonna ask like what what is that (laughs) what is that about us like and how is it and i think you've touched on it a little bit but just to like beg the question like how is it that we can like all hear the same gospel hopefully or a variation of jesus died on the cross he rose again three days later like we hear the simple gospel and yet the way in which that part of like Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We all do that so differently, um, and sometimes in harmful ways, um, in ways that don't benefit our neighbor. Mm. Um, yeah, how, like, how does that happen? Um, yeah, I think we've used the, I don't know if we've used it on the podcast or not, but, like, the term holy disruptor. And, like, as you're talking, Jordan, like, I, I love that term because I feel like it's such a sacred thing to disrupt a system that is oppressive or that is incomplete or those things are really like they're good and bad. Like they've been done well, they've been done terribly, but I think the key word there is holy disruption. Hmm. So like, how do we disrupt things that need disrupting that we're called to disrupt um, in a way that is still like cross bearing? Well, first of all, <laughs> That's where I get all my wood for my wood shop. Oh, nice. <laughs> Hello, lumberyard. Um, Vital. Yeah, I like I like that term. I think uh, being a disruptor makes me really nervous. Oh, hundred percent. I'm like, we came back from Mississippi. I was like, oh, what am I gonna do with this from the pulpit? People <laughs> <laughs> are gonna get mad at me. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I think, I don't know if it's. Right, but I think most of the time we get so sideways when we become like what I guess I would call like an adjective Christian, hmm. where you're like, mm-hmm. I'm a this type of Christian, hmm, yeah. um, and fill in the gap, right? I'm conservative, liberal, I'm, hmm. you know, even black, white, I'm like, whatever it is, right? Like, when you let your disposition inform, like, your identity as an adopted son or daughter or your environment inform your identity more than it already would but when you start leaning into that as a sort of um add-on um rather than saying i am a christian who is yeah um i think that ends up creating i think dynamics in your own worldview that will cause you to have um whatever that adjective is supersede kingdom values yeah and i think i don't know i think that ends up being very uh (laughs) very close to the reason why we 
have much of the conflict we have mm-hmm. in inside of Christian circles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is that an identity piece? Is that a belonging piece? I think I get like hesitant to say that because none of us can like really fully remove our our environment right. or our dispositions. Mm-hmm. Um, right. <clears throat> yeah. Our worldview lens. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to. You have to do everything you can to get outside of it, and you have to distrust um, what Paul calls the powers and principalities of this world, mm-hmm. which will um, are delighted to have you mm. believe that your um, that your system will benefit from slapping your Christian identity on it. Yeah, mm. and so um, yeah. I would say like. It's an issue of allegiance, um, and in that, like, if you are not constantly fighting for your allegiance to Christ and His kingdom, um, it will like complacently just slip into the yeah. hands of whoever else is going to take it. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's it for and sure. That causes, I mean, every <laughs> get on. Everything on Twitter is mostly done by that, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that was really the big thing I took away from our Mississippi trip was the, like, that idea of the powers and principalities at work and, yeah. hmm. you know, in under the guise of ethnicity and the color of our skin, but mm-hmm. really about, like, power and oppression. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I took away of, like, okay, how do I, how do I stay cognizant of the powers that are at work in this world on this side of heaven and cognizant that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. Mm-hmm. How do I For match sure. those yeah. two things up? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what struck me about that trip and that, that thread of powers and principalities was that, um, especially in that time period, so much of the racism is and hate was coming out of the church and um, places of worship uh, were like like a machine kind of generating people of hate and um, what do we do with that <laughs> like what do we do with powers and principalities that are happy and comfortable to dwell within the walls of our own, our own churches um, mm-hmm. and our discipleship models uh, mm. and, and how do I stay like cognizant of those things too um, and become a peacemaker who's aware that some of the gnarliest battles I may fight on the side of heaven are with people who also claim Jesus. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Like how, how do I, how do we step in to healthy conflict with people who also love Jesus? Um, and, and the end goal would be that like, would be reconciliation and restoration. Mm. How do we do that? Teach us, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Three easy steps. Yeah. Please. Hey, y'all. This conversation is getting so good, and we hope you're loving it. When you engage with what we do, it helps us bring even more amazing guests and topics into the car. So get involved. Your support means everything to us. Continued prayer, leaving us a review, answering our poll questions, or subscribing to the pod all add up in a huge way. We are so grateful to get to do this. Consider supporting us in a financial way through a monthly donation. Stick with us and find out more at the end of this episode about how you can get involved. Let's keep it rolling.
I think I learned a lot from doing that side-by-side -side conference and book about this, like this topic and, and really the, I mean, this is so layered, right? I mean, there's not like, a, I don't know if there's necessarily like a blanket answer to this, but I really loved like what I took away from that. Uh, really, there was so much about this there. And mm. it's just, it's about what you said, Jordan, like meeting people where they're at um, and, and humility. Um, and yeah, like that submission to the cross of how can I um, view this with like a gospel lens of what the Lord has done for me. Um, and I think that that's, that was like that whole, the whole thread of that mm. book that I really loved that helped me like approach those. Cause yeah, that's, that's such a reality in all of our lives. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even like reflecting on conversation I just had yesterday where with like one of my family members and I'm just like, Oh gosh, like, how do I, like, <laughs> you know, your flesh instantly is like, Ugh. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think, I think like it can get muddy, right? Like I, for me, I know I personally struggle with that, that concept, meet them where they're at to me can sometimes really support my peace faking. Hmm. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but it, yeah. I, I, I almost use it as a crutch. But I also know that I'm called to love others as myself. And, and so it's, it's hard. Like, it's just hard. Like, I mean, it's messy. Mm. We know this, but it, if I'm honest, I can really, really under the name of like, um, yeah, just wanting to balance, not being too judgmental or condemning, or again, meeting people exactly where they're at. Um, not, and using that as a, um, again, a crutch to not be a, what, a, what I think is defined as a true peacemaker, which is bringing, um, truth with the love and grace, yeah. um, and pointing people to the, to Jesus. Um, and so I'm with you, Jordan. I'm like still very much so like, and I think like if most Christians are honest, I hope that most will say they're still working this out. Like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. this is like an ongoing forever process as we like die to ourselves every single day. Like we're never going to get this. I don't think right perfectly. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, like it's hard. Mm -hmm. Well, I think like every healthy conflict for me starts with, Mm -hmm. my enemy is not flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. So this person mm, that's good. is yeah. not my enemy. Mm. And I have to believe that truth of scripture. Can you just and... say that again? <laughs> I feel like that's worth saying, saying twice. <laughs> my enemy is not of flesh and blood. That is a promise that's given to us that's like Ooh. in scripture. And yes. we have to believe that when we approach any conflict. And that Satan is pleased when we are disunified. That's and so nice. I... Because he wins. Yeah. If you're mad at Stevie because of what Stevie said. Yeah. And draw a line there. I'd be like, he's a shallow thinker, dum-dum. Satan <laughs> <laughs> wins. As Winning. we're... I mean, when we're focused on each other, we're ineffective in mission, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, we have... I have to approach it with that. And if that's sort of like, even if they don't think of it that way, I, I found that like, honestly, 99% of the time, if you come in 
with an understanding that like they're not my enemy. Mm-hmm. There is something standing between us that we can solve, and we can get to some sort of answer together. And like, like we're like we're together in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that helps me to deprogram some of the initial adrenaline of emotion mm-hmm. that would go into the like, okay, do I need to run away or fight or you know? And and from that, I think you know we. <laughs> Shauna would know this term, but like you have to own what you need to own, right? Mm. Like own your percentage of what's going on in that moment. And I think if <laughs> if there's nothing, I like I think having this idea of just staying confused and most of us in conflict, we have this ability to magically fill in every gap. So somebody says something and then you're automatically assuming intention, desire, you know, value, and then what they meant by the thing they didn't say. And then you're all the way down the rabbit hole of assuming that they hate you and they've probably talked to other people about you and all these things. Yeah. Um, but what would be better is to say, okay, here's what happened. Can you help me understand why you said that? Or explain to me where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And even if it's a one-sided thing where they're frustrated with you, like, I think you can hear them out um, most of the time. I've been in situations where I'm like, you probably need to cool off yeah. before we talk. Sure. But I think that's good. Yeah. And the commitment is to talk. Um, but I, I think if you stay confused, if you try and understand, even if they're misguided, where they're coming from, then you actually have some sort of reciprocity that creates... The fertile ground for for actual peace mm-hmm. and um and, and a comp- and and it's also dignifying right yeah, yeah. totally um, oh, for both people um so the thing that the lord's been working on with me in like the the peacemaking you're about to have, like we we're talking about like the conversation when when it gets to that point when you're like trying to stay curious you're staying confused you're not writing the end of the stare story you're not filling in false conversations and all of that the thing the Lord's been working on me, which is really still tender, <laughs> hmm. um, is like the deeper level of that where I may have hurt someone or I may be coming into this conflict or standing up for what I believe in. My motives might be pure as the driven snow. And still, if I misunderstood yeah. or in any way, <laughs> I could hurt yeah. someone. That happened to me yesterday. <laughs> so I'm not alone. Yes. That's yeah. good to know. Yes. But like, because I can get really justified. Like, well, I meant the best and I was doing what scripture calls me to do. And, yeah. But were you slow? 10 out of 10, no. I was not slow. Yeah. I was not looking for my cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to bear in that. Yeah. I was right. Um. Bro. And my <laughs> motives were to like do the right thing, to do the God honoring thing, and still there You guys know I'm right like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, right? <laughs> Obviously, it goes without saying. I think people are like and this is self preservation, right? Mm-hmm. Is I am not gonna I am not going to apologize for what I do not understand. Mm. Um, because that feels like an injustice. Yeah. Um, but when you have a person standing in front of you saying no, Regardless of motive or regardless of, you know, miswording or whatever, um, 
even if it's their interpretation of your words, it still hurt their feelings mm. or it did something to them that at least was not intended for you. Mm. And um, I think it's okay to apologize for that and say, I'm so sorry that my words hurt you. Yeah. Uh, because you don't want to hurt them. Yeah. If that's the truth, right? And uh, like, the, those are the things that are disarming but really difficult to do. Yeah. And oh, a key part of that, I mean, if we're on the road of like how to do, like we're on a how to thread right now, <laughs> key to that is like, I hear you saying like my taking ownership. I'm so sorry. Even though you don't understand how it did that or why it did that, you're saying, I'm so sorry. My words did that. Not, I'm so sorry. You feel <laughs> X. Right. Uh, and so that is such a key piece of it that most people also lack understanding in why that's so crucial in actual like, isn't that the most parent apology of all time? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry you feel that spouse way. Spouse apology. And like, <laughs> <"Yeah>, I'm <laughs> sorry that all my 25 affairs hurt you. <laughs> my mom. Uh, or yeah, or, sorry you or like, I'm sorry for my tone, but I meant every word I said. Right. Well, here's the thing, because what you're not doing is saying, like, I'm sorry I confronted you on that. Because they might have needed to be confronted. Hmm. Say, I'm sorry I wasn't, I didn't slow down to be sensitive to you in that moment. Mm. Can you forgive me? Because guess what? Anytime you come in and be like, you know what? Um, I'm not sorry for what I said, but I'm sorry for how I said it. Nobody was, nobody says, you know, now that you say that, I probably misinterpreted. (laughs) I was feeling really sensitive and I probably misinterpreted. Hmm. No. No. But when you say, I did not slow down. Yeah. I did not take into account what you were going through when I approached that conversation. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, oh, well, I may have, I may have misinterpreted what, what you said. Let's Mm -hmm. untangle this together. Mm -hmm. Like that's a peacemaker Mm -hmm. that owns a hundred percent of their 2% Mm -hmm. fully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Without softening the message that needs to be conveyed. That's the holy disruptor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and our command, right, is in as much as it depends on you, make peace with everyone. Yeah. And um, whether or not you had control over it, um, you did not do as much as you could do Mm -hmm. in that moment if you don't try and understand them. Yeah. And that doesn't always come right away. Like, it might come a couple of months later. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, oh, I really, I really could have done that better. Yeah. Hmm. Most of the time I get myself in trouble because I am very like, like I make fun of the people I love usually. <laughs> and um, Me. As you guys found out on the Mississippi trip. Uh, <laughs> but like, I just, uh, like I don't, some, I also love like, the safe environment of that and like pushing people and right and then sometimes i just misinterpret it (laughs) and i say the wrong thing and then like hurt somebody's feelings and um it i had a situation recently where i did that and um which i thought was a safe Hmm. friendship and i said something really dumb to a person who i love and um and they didn't talk to me for a year Wow. Mm. And um, I, you know, every once in a while I would reach out like, hey, I'd love to get together and just 
say sorry to your face and hear you out. And they were just like, no. And then one day, um, they were like, I want you to know that I've forgiven you. <laughs> and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I just want us to be friends. Yikes. And I was like, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't feel like actual peace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've literally done everything I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't force this person. Yeah. And so I just said, thank you. I'm, I appreciate your forgiveness. I'm mm-hmm. thankful for it. And, you know. Yeah. And so, like, you you literally sometimes just don't even have control. Yeah. And you have to do everything in your power. Yeah. To make peace and to do so. um, But you just sometimes, like, there you know, there's two parties or multiple parties Mm -hmm. in every one of these things. Mm -hmm. And it's it's messy. Mm -hmm. messy. Because forgiveness and even, you know, like, cheese recovery language, like, making amends and... That's not necessarily reconciliation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that doesn't necessarily mean, like, oh, you can have full access to my life again. Mm-hmm. Or that this is a safe friendship, relationship for me to be in. Sometimes it just means that you're reconciled. You're each individually reconciled to the Lord because you've offered forgiveness. You know? So it's not always, like, a reconciliation of the of the relationship, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. the, you know, like... In the South, it's, and even in our own city, like, you know, the church is still very segregated in ways, right? And there's been a lot of forgiveness, I would say. Um, But I I don't know that, like, there's a mutual um, sort of reaching across Mm -hmm. to create something new. Yeah. Like, we're all still very much so living in a lot of these segments and categories mm-hmm, you know right. and um yeah well that's good that like begs my question to land our plane here mm-hmm. is yeah what does what does the church and the body look like at peace mm-hmm. like when we've when we've made peace what what do you think that looks like <laughs> jesus is back oh <laughs> <laughs> mm. <clears throat> uh, I I almost feel like peace is um it's a uh <laughs> the church would be much more it's more of a disposition than it's a reality. Mm. So we we need to promote peacemaking and reconciliation and healthy relationships and proper allegiances that lead to healthy relationships. Um, but I, <laughs> I truly believe that like for as long as sin exists, we will just keep fighting. Right. <laughs> but yeah. it is the disposition of our hearts that will commit us to reconciliation and peacemaking continually mm. until Jesus returns. Mm. That's good. Yeah, I like that. It's more of a, a disposition right. than anything. Because I think it does, that gives such permission to be following the Spirit in all things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, humility. And I think mm-hmm. you, you cannot have peace without that humility and uh, a humble disposition of just all of God's people in yeah. His church um, being willing to just 
um, humbly surrender to each other, to mm -hmm. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jordan. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Before Jordan. we end, we have two last gifts surprise question <laughs> oh dang it <laughs> um if to go along with our car theme as we have been driving as all over town well, we love a good and time. i had no idea where i was going because i'm not from here um but what is fueling your tank right now could be something really serious could be something really funny could be something complete whatever is just giving you life fueling your tank one is I'm in book three of this fantasy series. <laughs> Word. Wow. Yes. I love it. Called the Mistborn series. And Ooh. it is it's amazing. And also, um, I feel like uh, this sounds lame, but Jamie and I go to the same gym. And uh, it's like our first hobby together. Ooh. And it's so fun. I love it. <laughs> like we work out together or if we don't work out at the same time we'll do the same workout it's the way the gym works and um and we'll like talk about it <laughs> jamie is yeah. so cute too she'll be like yeah baby like yelling yeah. across the gym and <laughs> yeah. she's like oh my god you're so strong <laughs> yeah baby she's very supportive she's yeah. so supportive, <laughs> very supportive. <laughs> she's so cute like, dude stop it's for my friends. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> and you're all like hopped up and like trying to get juice. You're just like throws it in the garbage. Like, yeah. So, so I think obviously it's very healthy, but then it's also um, just a really fun rhythm for our family, and yeah. it's like a unique Sweet. little pocket and community that we've entered into. So that's awesome. Yeah. So good. Okay. Next question: What can you not leave the house without? Pants. Freaking. Have you tried? Food. Have you tried? To leave Come on. Come on. We reject that answer, actually. Yeah. And don't say my Bible. Uh, <laughs> Come on. The sword of the spirit must be upon my hilt. My hilt? Uh, oh, how's your fantasy, guys? I was going to say, how's your fantasy, but guys? Um, what can I not leave the house without? Yeah. Um, What's in your pockets right now? Yeah. Okay, probably my um, uh, Bose headphones mm. that are noise canceling. They're oh, little okay. like no, they're little like um, ones. I oh, am obsessed with these boys. things. I like. I've been doing like walking lunch sometimes, and like I'll listen to podcasts or music, and it's just yeah, I love mm. these things. And or if I go shopping, I love listening to like books on tape on shopping. Wow. Uh, Costco and stuff. Thank you so much for joining us oh, with the car today. Yes. We're yes. so grateful. Yes. Um, yeah, thanks for Such walking nice us. Combo, for sure. yeah. yeah, thanks for walking us through peacemaking. So, all right. Till the next time. Till we meet again with our sword in our hilts. <laughs> <laughs> Farewell. What is a hilt? You tell me, I fantasy know. boy. What if it's dirty? <laughs> Oh, Farewell, <laughs> carpool. Fare thee well. Fare thee well. Fare thee well. Carpool again. You've been listening to Carpool Theology. 
We hope this episode was encouraging, fun, and challenging for you as you walk with Jesus and your community. If you loved what you heard today, we invite you to join our amazing team of monthly supporters. For as little as 3 to $5 a month, you can support Carpool Theology. We're committed to bringing authentic and honest side-by-side conversations about faith in a fun setting like a drive around town. Click the link in our show notes or on our Instagram page at carpool-theology to start supporting us today.